Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody. It's another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion. Thank you, everybody, for your uh, great appreciation of the show or just your faithfulness and listening in and downloading and subscribing, liking, favoriting, commenting, all that good stuff. It is very good. It is uh, all shows well for our audience and uh, appreciate that, everybody. And hopefully you guys are enjoying this. We've got about 60 minutes or so planned for you today. I am solo yet again. I know it's hard to get guests. It's not hard to get guests during the NFL season. It's just I have too much to say. So there's just a lot to get to. But believe me, we got a lot of things planned in the hopper, special shows and guests that will be coming down the pike. But this is another solo show. So we'll dive into it. Uh, My name is Jeff Manns. In case it's the first time you're tuning in, I do host the show called Elite Sports on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Channel 87 on your Sirius XM dial. It's Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. It's live. You could get it on the Sirius XM app, though, as well. You could log in through your computer, all that good stuff. I also host Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show with Bob Harris, Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern to 1 p.m. Eastern during the NFL season. I am part owner and the chief content officer over at FantasyGuru.com. Speaking of fantasyguru.com, NHL season is here. Look at uh, my guy, Connor Bedard, already doing work uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks. It's a rebuilding season. It's great to see Bedard there in Chicago, and we hope that he is the next Jonathan Taze or Patrick Kane. That would be uh, mighty fine for the youngster there, but uh, hockey season's going. NBA season preseason has already started. NBA regular season a couple weeks away. We've got full coverage over at fantasyguru.com. Our MVP package is available now. So the MVP package is everything. Instead of charging separately for NHL, NBA, you know, these are lesser sports in terms of popularity. So we can bind them together for the same price for that we do everything else. So it makes sense if you only like one sport. You know, it's not overpriced there, but you do get a wealth of extras. And remember, our NBA, NHL packages, the MVP also includes NASCAR, PGA, full PGA coverage there as well. So we get you get those included with it. You get DFS, seasonal, and betting. So you don't need to know anything to win betting specifically. You don't need anything for an, you don't need to know hockey or basketball to win. I am a big part of our NBA betting package there. I'll be betting normally Wednesday nights. And then uh, after the NFL regular season every day, by the way, uncensored podcast, close your ears. If you're sensitive, then tune out. Don't let the kitties around because what I wanted to say there was every fucking day. Woo. I will be there. Justin Fensterman, Armando Marsal, all the great analysts that we have at fantasyguru.com with our NBA package and Ryan Clifford and Jorge Pucks doing wonders on the NHL side. Get that MVP package today. If you want, if you're an NFL subscriber already, it is much worth your while to go VIP platinum. That gives you all the extra perks and discords and all access to everything and every special that we do 
coming down the pike, whether it's like training camp or uh, horse racing and all that good stuff, you might as well just upgrade to VIP Platinum from the football package because it will save you a lot of money if you're interested in either hockey or basketball. Plus, if you throw that uh, Radio 20 discount on top of it, well, now you're in the business, another 20% off of the price for that MVP package or to upgrade VIP platinum support at fantasyguru.com If you want to get, uh, want to know exactly what your individual price would be, but uh, there you go. I'm excited about that. This will be a football show, all football, 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 a lot of research projects I've been doing over at fantasyguru.com and on the elite sports show. So I'll bring that forth today. You could follow my work, of course, at fantasyguru.com, but also, at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter or X, if you call it that, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. It's just the Jeff Mans, all one word. Boom, nice and easy for everybody. All right, here's what we'll we'll always go over. Last week, talk about that. I've got uh, I this week. I've realized a couple of things. Number one, I do want to I want to be unique on the podcast. I don't want to recycle or regurgitate any info that I give on the radio show and vice versa. And I know sometimes there's like, I'll talk waivers today. And obviously I talked about that in serious too, but you know, we can go deeper on the, on uh, the podcast, no commercial breaks and all that good stuff. So we'll get into that. But also today uh, I want to address something and talk about what all 32 NFL teams backfields are worth. All right. So what is the real value? We know, what the player's value is five weeks in, right? At this point, we know pretty much where we want. I, I hope you all know this or just trust me and don't worry about everybody else. Just what players are worth, what teams are worth, what's the tr- real value. I've been talking about that on the show the last couple of weeks with the fantasy football depth chart, right? And you know, you got to know what the values are. It's not going to work out perfect. I wish it would. Oh, fuck. How great was that? I think there's that idea. You guys get tricked into stuff sometimes with projections. You think, oh, this is just how it's going to work. This is the rest of the season. And this guy has seven more points. But you don't realize what that that value is not real. Right? It's just a number next to a name that has really no bearing. No bearing at all. So uh, this has bearing. This has meaning. And we'll talk about what the actual values are of these backfields. We'll go through that. Then we'll divide it up. I'm going to talk running backs on the show. You're going to like it. I've done this in the past. And every so often, I like to update it as well. And I felt like now was a good time. So especially with all the injuries, I'll attack the injuries. I'll talk attack the waiver wire. Obviously, as of this recording, Justin Jefferson, Devon Achan, Ray Chain, he and James Conner all injured, all on injured reserves. So they're out at least the next four weeks. The idea is none of them are going to miss the entirety of the rest of the season, but weeks, you know, six through 10 at least, um, you know, then depending on the bye weeks, how that goes. Ah, that's, that's a big portion of the rest of the regular NFL season or fantasy season, I should say. So we'll talk about that here as well. Um, let me address a couple of things. So I hear you. I see you. I acknowledge you. I want that to be understood by everybody, whether it is uh, 
uh, the radio show, Sirius XM, Fantasy Guru, Discord, Twitter. Twitter's kind of a cesspool, but some of you are okay. Um, you know, and then the podcast listeners, of course. So I'm going to talk about something. This is the part. I've been told several times lately, and I agree wholeheartedly. I spend too much time discussing outside influences, discussing my anger towards the general population, you know, how pissed off I am. And I get, I spend too much time on that. I acknowledge that. I accept it. I hear that going forward. I'm trying, I've done it all this week on the XM show. I'm going to continue trying. I haven't been successful, mildly successful. It's, it's about getting back to basics for me because it has become overload. It really has. And just so there we're clear, the frustrations and everything I have have to do with a, a lot of different things. And that we're going through shit at fantasyguru.com. Like everything's fine, but like I'm not the happiest of campers right now. I'll I'll acknowledge that to the public. Um, you know, I people that I need to talk to, supposedly the higher the only you know, people that are higher than me in the company don't want to talk about what I want to talk about. And they want to talk about other things. And so I'm not happy. All right. And I've been disrespected in a major way, like many different ways. And uh, that part is getting to me as well. I So I will spill all of that tea when it's necessary. And if it's if it comes to a head or something, Right now, really, we're in the middle of a season. I got to do my job, and I recognize that. I recognize that I have to get back to work. What makes me a good analyst is that I am good at this. This is something I'm good at, um, and, and I enjoy doing the work part of it. I don't like dealing with nonsense part of it, but um, I have to block out that nonsense. So I've been off of Discord for over a week now, and it's been great. I had probably my best week that I'll have all season this past week, seasonal daily betting. It was fucking unbelievable. 90% winners on bets, fucking DFS cash game winners, GPP winners, two different GPP lineups, both of them cashed and your cash. game. That doesn't happen. Never happen. It never fucking happens. Second time this year that it has happened for me. So, but this was a big win. And uh, my first real monster win of the season. And I'm excited about that. And I think a lot of that is because I just focused on the work. So if I'm not answering your questions or getting into the battles that some of you just want desperately want to get into, it's because that's where I'm getting back. You're going to notice it on shows. I know I'm doing it right now, but I'm going to I'm going to jump right in to a lot more of these shows that includes the ones with Ted and Ray, where I'm going to just focus on the analysis. And I think that's something that's important for me to do. I think that is best for listeners as well. Now, having said that you guys need to accept your responsibility. And a lot of the, the derailments happen because of ignorance. And also I think there's this thing I'll tell you, there's the weirdest thing um, nice lady on Twitter is uh, there was a, a soundbite. I went off 
on uh, the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase benchings last week. You know, I had to sit through a week of people trying to tell me Joe Burrow was done. The Bengals should bench him for the they I will give them this. They said because he's hurt, but he wasn't hurt. That's the part. I'll get into that in a second. And then Jamar Chase was not doing shit. And so we shouldn't trust him. And I was beside myself. This was some of the the worst advice I've ever heard in my life. This is. I have been wrong, and I will continue to be wrong on things. Javante Williams, Najee Harris, uh, Kadaris Tony, so far. Like, okay, not one of these things. Not even the collection of the three have been catastrophic. For those of you that think they are, they're not. Right? I, you guys forget that I'm. I play with you. I'm along for the ride. I play in seasonal. I play daily. I bet. I know when something's catastrophic. I know when it's it's there's no turning back. I know those lines. You guys go to extremes and handle shit poorly. You don't ask questions, you don't follow up and then you make just horrible decisions sometimes and then then you think, "Oh, Javante Williams killing me." He's not. I told everybody that couldn't hang two and a half weeks ago, 3 weeks ago now. If you're listening to this week 6, I told you, get the fuck out of Dodge, man. And so Javante Williams didn't play last week. And I had fucking uh, unbelievable amounts of people saying shit about Javante Williams. And I went into a rant on the XM show about sitting at your dinner table, bitching about corn when corn's not on the table. It's not being served. You're eating broccoli. There's Brussels sprouts. There's pork tenderloin. There's nothing fucking about corn and you're bitching about corn. That means you've that's your mental fucking immaturity. That's what that is. You can't be serious. Right? That's on you. I can't overcome that for you. There's nothing I can do. If I can overcome a problem, you can too. And you have the tools because if you're listening to the XM show, fantasy guru subscriber, the podcast, or any combination thereof, follow me on social. Any combination, you should have a really good outlook on what I think and feel and what I'm doing personally, okay? And so I post, we posted this sound on SiriusXM, and, I mean, people are like, if you started him this season, you're Joe Burrow, you're it's going terribly. He's He's lost four weeks straight for you. Maybe he hasn't, but okay. Um the people that want to argue about Joe Burrow and him being healthy, here here is the gotcha moment. The gotcha moment that I can say, I haven't done it on Sirius. I probably will eventually, but he suffered the, the calf injury on August 3rd. Okay. August 3rd. So before the season, two weeks in the training camp, we all saw the video. When did you draft him? Oh, shit. I just handcuffed you. I just zip-tied you, arms behind the back, and you got nothing. You don't have anywhere to go. You drafted him. Why? Why? If the injury was a factor, why did you draft him? Now, you're going to come up with an excuse. Okay. 
why did you start them in week one? Right? Yes. And that answer that you have is why you're full of shit on benching them after week four. Do you see it? Does the dots connected? Right? Hopefully. Because if now, if you waited four weeks for a guy to get healthy, be, why did you do that? Why would you do that? Because he's Joe Burrow. Oh, okay. I'll accept that. So then fucking start him, you fucking idiot. Start him in week five against the beast of shit Cardinals. How fucking dumb do you have to fucking be? Honest question. How fucking stupid. But no, you know how stupid you are. You're not stupid. You're just a pussy-ass follower. And that's a lovely lady on Twitter. I started him. How his calf was a problem. My suggesting he was 100% healthy, benching a player had two touchdowns in four weeks is glorious, even in the calf. You are living in the fucking past. Man, This and I, I had to say it to her, and I have to say it to y'all. Man, some of you got no fucking chance. I mean, you guys have no chance. You can't start one of the best top four quarterbacks in the whole league. Against the Arizona Cardinals, calf, no calf. Bad four weeks, good four weeks, middle four weeks. It doesn't matter. This is elementary school shit. Elementary school. Crazy. Crazy to bench him now. But you did it because assholes who sit in chairs like I do told you to do it. They told you to start Josh Dobbs ahead of it. That's fucking suicidal, man. That shit is catastrophic. Now, on the Burrow side, you could have, this is the quarterback, you could have started another quarterback. Maybe you picked somebody up, did okay, and you lost 10 points or something. Okay. But if you missed the 52 points from Jamar Chase, Good night. Good night. It cost you a win most likely or and or it cost you total points title, total points tiebreaker, something down the road. You can't lose 50 points. You can't. Now, Devin A. Chan, a couple weeks ago, nobody started him. Fine, yeah, of course. No, because that 50 points was conjured out of fucking nowhere. Your number one pick goes for 50. And you didn't have them? It's impossible to come back. And here's the thing. What happens is, in my industry, and what I don't like so much, is that there's a lack of trust. This lady was arguing with me on Twitter. And again, there's a lot of you, a lot more people out there that are arguing with me. People in my own Discord of Fancy Guru, they, they do this. The part you don't understand is this. I'm a goddamn motherfucking scientist with this shit. I am the fu- I am the fucking law at the highest order. I'm the supreme motherfucking court. I've done this for 32 years now. I've been a national broadcaster talking about fantasy sports for 13 years. I've written 
broadcasted, been on TV, radio, every fucking country, every city in the country of the United States of America. I've written for high-end publications and newspapers. I've done all this for 18 years. You are trying to guess, well, maybe Josh Dobbs is going to play better. I don't need to guess. That's why you come to me. It's why hopefully you're listening to the podcast. And I promise you, after this set of insults, I'm going to get back to work. And I've got good stuff for you today. I promise you. You have to sit through it because you've made the animal that is now biting you. We need to have an agreement. Let me do my job. You're not better. There's no fucking chance you're going to be better. No fucking chance. Half you listen because you want to be better. Half you listen because you want to just catch me in something. You're fucking dumb. It won't matter. You could be right on one thing. I can be wrong on that thing. It doesn't make you better. You find me 30 plus years of information. Show me somebody who doesn't have to look up anything that can go off the top of his head. Show me somebody that could do it on national levels. We'll talk about it, write about it. Built my own rating system called the Smash Ratings and Matchup Reports. Find me somebody that does that. You know, places like PFF and everything else have a team, a legion of people that do their charting and graphing and everything else. I have one person. One. Find me that person. There's a reason I'm pulling DeAndre Hopkins out. There's a reason I pull Cole Komet out. There's a reason for this. Not 100% never will be. Nobody claims that I am. Nobody. I don't claim it ever. But the results are the results. I have I have more wins in fantasy leagues than you could fucking dream of. Whatever level, high stakes, got them. DFS, got them. Betting, got them. Long season long competitions got him. Weekly got him. Host leagues got him. Listener leagues got him. Home leagues got him. It doesn't matter what avenue you go down. I got him. Pick them contests and competitions. Got him. Circa million. Got him. I got all the chips. A wrong call isn't doing shit to me. You can be like this too. You can learn and get better. But first, you have to let down the sword. You have to let down the idea that I'm just trying to guess like everybody else. No, my industry is full of, honestly, about 75% of people now are the same. They're all guessing. I don't think any of them know what they're talking about. Some do. I shouldn't say any. There's some real good. They're, they're really, really great analysts, and there's dog shit. Dog shit. There is nothing in the middle these days. People that just want to join in and talk about the same three players every week, you see it on any social media. I'll tell you the five five waiver pickups this week. It's all the same recycled, regurgitated shit that they first they see it somewhere else, then they regurgitate it in their own way somewhere. It is exhausting, dude. Exhausting. I am ashamed of what has become. There's nobody creating anything anymore. Just regurgitated bullshit. I don't allow it at Fantasy Guru. I don't. Do I see it from time to time? Sure. Sure. 
I know, I know my guys. I love these guys like brothers, but I know they're, they're scared. A lot of them scared. Scared to have a thought. Scared that they're going to get attacked. They see what happens to me, and they're like, fuck that. I'm going to fit in. I'm not going to take the risk Jeff does. And I don't blame them. Well, I do blame them. They should know that I'm a lead blocker. I'll block for them. I have their backs. I would rather have somebody make a good. Don't guess, though. Don't say bullshit. Have facts. And then, by the way, that's how I know our guys always do. <laughs> like, I know our guys do. And that's why I hired them. That's why we've gotten rid of so many other folks. Because they didn't have it. They were just guessing. I think this week is Rashad Bateman week. Rashad Bateman. And then they go and try to find a stat that correlates with Rashad Bateman. And it's like, no, that's not the way to do it. Let the data, let the matchups tell you what is going on. All right. I'm getting back to basics. But I am, listen, the other thing. If you think you're going to get cute, I'm going to kick you out of Discord. I'm going to block you on Twitter. I am going to eliminate you. You do not get refunds for acting like an asshole, right? There, that doesn't exist. So I don't know why somebody would pay money for a service and then say something shitty that pisses the service off. Number one, there's a reason we never say Discord is included. That's a privilege, not a right. The content is the right, not the Discord, not message boards and chats. Yeah, we're smart like that. All right? So there's no recourse. I kick you out. I used to only do timeouts. I used to let it, I used to block somebody on a Sunday every now and then, and then I'd let them back on Monday because I didn't believe in blocking. Those days are over. I'm telling you, if you have any interest in my information and content, be cool. Just don't be an asshole. I don't need to hear Javante Williams. Don't. I've, if anybody mentions that name to me, I, I will fucking murder you. I fucking will murder you. I don't care. You are the fucking psychopath that has a problem with it still. I will be fine. But you have eliminated any possibility for me to articulate the right way to go about it. Because I've said it 13,000 motherfucking times. And you don't listen. Get out of there. You're not equipped for it. Get out of Javante. Get out. No more. No more. Just go. Just leave. I can't have it anymore. Najee Harris, get the fuck out. And I will definitely take a victory lap after week 17, as I always do, and I win my, let's say, four championships out of the 12, or maybe I only did 12 this year, probably three, maybe only two. Who knows? Maybe it's a down year. I don't know. Whatever I do, and I'll fucking run. Here's Javante Williams and Najee Harris, two starting running backs, because that's what I do. I will be able to overcome it. If you can't, I get it. Move on. But I'm done with it. All right. What else? Great week. Waiver pickups. Do you want to talk waiver pickups? Gardner Minshew. Blah. Richardson being out. I like this a lot for the Indianapolis offense. I don't like it against Jacksonville's playing really good defense, though. 
Don't like it this week, even though it is a revenge game, obviously, for Gardner Minshew. Like, he cannot, he must have a boner the size of Montana going for this game. Like, he is so excited going back to Jacksonville. Try to slay the dragon because the Jaguars own the Colts. But nevertheless, um, I don't like this matchup. But going forward, it's good for Michael Pittman. It's good for Jonathan Taylor. No, you shouldn't be starting Zach Moss next week against the Jaguars under any circumstances. Even Jonathan Taylor, I think, is a what is a running back three. And you will choose Zach Moss is the number one. How many of you are going to fall into that pit hole? The same people that fell for the sit Joe Burrow are the ones going to start Zach Moss. I know it. Like you have the same DNA. Let me talk about Devon Achan. Uh, that's a guy I was high on in the all summer long. He was going to win us everything. He was going to make me a shit ton of money. I had, I, when I talk about the am- amount of best ball, I don't think there's another human being on the face of the earth that had more shares. And I don't mean percentage or even percentage. I had an 80% share of a chant across 50 best ball leagues. I mean, uh, do anybody else have that? No fucking way. No fucking way. So that sucks. Hopefully he comes back, but losing him, Go get Salvin Ahmed right now. Jeff Wilson on the cheap, but Wilson doesn't have the upside. Salvin Ahmed, folks, is he's beat out Achan in training camp, mostly because Achan got hurt. Let's be honest. He doesn't have the speed, but he's he's not slow by any uh, any stretch, right? Still a very successful, good running back, and he had a hell of a training camp. He's only twenty five years old. And he's going to be the guy behind Raheem Mostert. So, um, you know, the upside isn't quite there, but he's definitely a guy to get on waiver wire right now. And also, I can say this. This is something I won't say on SiriusXM, at least on Fantasy Sports Radio. I know if you're listening on the app, hi. Holy shit. This is, you know, everything I bitched about right there and talked about. Jeff is full of crap, or Jeff is conceited. He think he thinks he's the smartest guy. Blah blah. Anything you guys are saying, I'm sure a bunch of you are mad about what I said. But can you tell me? What, can I tell you what makes me mad? What makes me upset? Go to just Google it. Google week or week six waiver pickups. All right. Who's going to be on everybody's list? Probably the number one guy. Amari DiMarcado. Some of you who? Eh, he had a touchdown last week for the Cardinals. Um, He is not the backup to James Conner. He is not going to be the guy that starts probably even in week six. Keontae Ingram is the guy. And I, so let me tell you guys a story. This is like, I sit here. It's a Tuesday morning, I think it was. I sat there and, you know, I'm hearing all the injuries. Justin Jefferson, A-Chan, Connor. Okay, okay. And I'm like, all right, you know, put my shit together. I'm like, all right, let's go and look at this. And, uh, you know, have to check on Ingram, make sure he's coming back. And, um, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, all right. And then I get 
like to looking at social media and listening to say or certain radios and I don't even hear one thing about Keontae Ingram. I hear about Mercado, Mercado, Mercado. I'm like, okay, are, are we? And I kind of went like assume, like, all right, everybody just, everybody just thinks that uh, like Mercado uh, Ingram is already owned. Is that what they think? Because I looked up that up, and it's fucking eight percent or five percent combined CBS, Yahoo, and ESPN. I'll tell you a true story too, by the way, I was doing my FFPC, one of my FFPC teams where I have James Conner. I was going to put waiver wire moves in and I spent 20 minutes searching for Keontae Ingram. I looked everywhere, all the filters on Then I'm like, fuck, how was he on somebody's roster? What the fuck? So I went through every single person's roster Every line by line by line by line by line. Not one person had Ingram. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I went back, checked free agency again. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm writing a letter. Like, I know these guys. A letter. Look at me. What an old. I was going to write an email like, hey, guys, what? You don't have this guy in your player pool? What the fuck is going on? And as I was closing up, I just wanted, I had to make sure my lineup was set with nobody that was out. And I had Keontae Ingram. <laughs> I already had him because I had Connor. Like, oh, fuck, what an idiot. That was my dumb moment of the day. It's like, wow, that was, uh, that was really dumb. I was so pissed off about it. It just was crazy. So anyway, he's the guy to own. Ahmed's the guy to own there. Those are the waiver pickups, uh, ideal. Roshan Johnson over Deontay Foreman as well. Make sure that you're not pulling any tomfoolery there. As far as wide receivers, Jefferson going down is catastrophic. K.J. Osborne is the guy going to play the X in Minnesota now, which is a big deal. That means they trust him to play on the outside, and that's saying something. They don't trust Addison as much. Obviously, there's rotations, but that's a big role in this offense, so... Osborne gets the bigger jump. Addison is the slightly more valuable property. Addison's the more valuable property. But he's also the guy owned. Because if there's any one of them, either one of them, going to be a free agent, it's Osborne. I strongly recommend picking him up, and I strongly recommend playing him this week against the Bears. Um, other guys to look at, I mean, it's all the same. I don't want to just give you guys the same bullshit. Uh, here's a player, though, that I'm intrigued by. All right? Nothing is intriguing about the New England Patriots. But make a play for or, uh, uh, Taekwon Thorpe right now. He's back. He, you know, injuries were not that bad. So for him to go on the, the injured reserve was kind of a – Shocker to say the least. It was a shoulder injury, something we've seen other fucking it's the same injury Devontae Adams has. Devontae played that game, came back, everything else. Tycoon's all right, he's a pussy. All right, fine. But listen, this gives them a deep threat. Thornton is a big play receiver, something that is fucking desperately needed right now in New England. They need somebody stretch the field so that 
guys like Devante um, Parker, Devonta Parker and, uh, and uh, Ramondre Stevenson can work underneath. So Tyquan Thornton, name to know, and, you know, at least keep, put it on the practice squad for the, for the time being, right? Put him on practice squad, have an idea, but uh, you can punt on Kendrick Bourne. And Juju has an injury too. So it's like, Jesus, everybody uh, is a disaster there. So Tyquan Thornton is the guy. All right, let me get into my uh, big project of the week for everybody. And this, I promise you, this will be worth the uh, me bitching at the start of the show. So here, here's the deal. When we're looking at running backs, really when we're looking at any position, something we have to ask ourselves, what's the actual value? of those positions and something the way I play fantasy football is a lot different than other people. And I'm right. I just am. I have been for 18 years now. I mean, I started with this Ted and I started our site back in the day, scoutfantasyfootball.com, and, you know, grew and grew and moved and merged. And we became, Fighting Chance Fantasy, we became Fantasy Alarm, we became now Fantasy Guru, obviously. So, and I've always played the same way. Now I've sharpened my swords and skills with it, but it, it these players aren't just magically good or bad. It's not magic. That's what offends me when people treat it like it's just like they're guessing. I'm going to guess the guy I'm going to guess the guy who's been doing really good will continue to do good. And the guy who's been doing really bad is going to keep doing really bad. Well, that's if that were the game, this is easy. We all got it. Had to look deeper than that. So when it comes to running backs, we know running backs are in very short order. Running backs are just depleted completely across fantasy football. I constantly tell callers on Sirius XM that, do not trade your elite wide receivers for a running back. This idea that you need one, fuck running back. Fuck tight end. Like, don't trade for these guys. Don't trade for marginal guys coming off a good week. Biggest sucker bet there is in the world. Trading for a running back when he just had a good week. Get out of here with that. Trading an elite receiver. So if I asked you guys the question, which I'm going to do now, which team has the most fantasy points? Out of the running backs, how many points are there? Which team do you think has scored the most fantasy points? We'll do PPR scoring format. Which ones do you think have scored the most points? I wonder if you know. I think it's really easy. The, the first two are should be simple. If you can't get either one, woof, then you have a misguided interpretation of running backs. Number one's obvious because of the 70-point game. It's the Miami Dolphins, right? And it's fucking crazy. They have 223.8 fantasy points so far through five games. Two teams didn't reach 223 points in running back scoring all of last year. That's how much of a lead they have. That's And again, it's, a, it's very lopsided because of that Denver game where they scored a hundred points there alone. So obviously that's, that's number one. Number two shouldn't surprise anybody, but think about 223.8 for Miami. The next highest had 165.7, 133 of that from their main running back. 
Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Pretty easy. Now it gets hard. Who's third? Which team has the third most fantasy points scored out of their running backs? You know, this is an attainable one. It's not completely. 133.9 fantasy points. Detroit Lions. Most of that coming, obviously, via David Montgomery, who has become just an absolute stud. Jameer Gibbs is 38 points. By the way, Craig Reynolds, in 14 touches, has half the points Shamir Gibbs does. That's really sad, man. That's a real sad state of affairs for Jameer Gibbs. Why'd they spend a first-round pick on him? But nevertheless, and by the way, Montgomery has 80 points. He only played four of the five games. (laughs) That's a crazy thing, too. Fourth most fantasy points. Again, this is attainable. You can get it if you think about it. And th- these guys are right on the heels of the Detroit Lions, 129.8 fantasy points. A little more spread out than other teams. It's the Atlanta Falcons, right? It's kind of wild that Bijan Robinson right now is, you know, he's got 82 fantasy points total on the season. And it feels like he's gotten short change to the hilt. He's running back seven in fantasy football. Running back seven. And we all know, like, dude, he's getting majorly fucked. He goes away for long periods of time. I can't imagine that continues. That guy will, that guy's going to be on just about every championship team there is. I'm convinced of it. I just am. I think Atlanta plays all the way to the bone. Really ends up turning him loose sometime soon. And uh, it's going to be absolute magic. Fifth place team. Now, now's the part where you guys have no fucking chance. I guarantee it. Doubt you'll get number five. This one surprises me a little bit, though. It's it's nice. I get a little confirmation in some of these. Because of my preseason takes that I feel haven't. Some of them that don't look so good. Number five is the Kansas City Chiefs. 124.6 points. Just a couple behind Atlanta. And that's spread out. Pacheco at 71, 30 from McKinnon. Edwards Hilaire been productive. Stunningly, right? Obviously a big game from Pacheco last time out. This is recorded before Thursday Night Football, by the way. So this is through five weeks just so you guys know in case, because Pacheco fucking probably goes wild. And by the end of this week, the Chiefs very well probably will be second on this list, right? They're not going to catch Miami. I doubt it. But um, I heard a stat the other day, you know, the Denver Broncos have played five games so far this season as of this recording. In four of those five games, four of those five games, or four, I should say four running backs in those five games had the best single games of their career. Not the season, of their career. Yeah, that's how bad the Broncos are. Oh, and that fifth running back, a fifth running back, that's Khalil Herbert, had the second best game of his career against them. <laughs> that's fucking, I've never seen 
any of that. Shout out to my guy, Adam Rank from NFL Network, who told me about that. That is a fantastic stat and just stunning to me at the same time. So the Chiefs are fifth. All right, who's ready to have some fun? Let's keep going on this. Sixth best backfield in the National Football League from fantasy points. Oh, shit. It's the Denver Broncos. Yeah. No, I'm still here. I just am waiting for you guys to. (gasps) Denver Broncos, the sixth most fantasy points of all NFL teams. Does that change your minds at all? No, it doesn't, of course. There's a very small amount of you that just had a massive realization. Oh, shit. That's profound. Because that is, it is profound. It tells you that the Javante Williams draft pick was right. It's black and it's white. It's right in front of us. The points are here. The reasoning behind it, Sean Payton's offense, Sean Payton's running back specifically. Now the Broncos are not doing what I thought they would do. I thought they would be at least an average defense. Remember, they were a top five defense last year. Just remember that. That's how far they fall. That's how bad of a job Vance Joseph has done. And I realized it in week one. I'm on record with this. I realized it after week one. I said, oh, shit. Oh, they're in real trouble. And now they're the worst defense maybe in the history of the game. And their ineptitude on defense has covered up the fact that, you know, offensively, they're not that bad. They're really just not that bad, right? It's starting that the woefulness on defense has hurt the offense. They, they can't run the ball nearly as much as they should. The Broncos have scored the 10th most points in the league and have the 14th most total yards. They're 13th in passing yards. They're 19th in rushing yards. And guess what? They're fourth in the National Football League in rushing yards per attempt this season. Now, we didn't get it from Javante. These are the things that happen. This is why you don't attach a player to your process. The players are the last thing to come in. If Jaleel McLaughlin is the new starting running back in Denver, then he is a borderline running back one. If Samaje P. Ryan is the lead running back in Denver, he's a borderline running back one. If Javante Williams is, you get where I'm saying. He's a borderline running back one. Javante has more skill than the other two by a good margin. Size, strength, speed, smarts, intelligence, everything. Hasn't been able to stay on the field. That's the problem. But we knew it. We knew the risk going into it. But he didn't perform well. He kind of (laughs) did. I mean, you know, he's... He kind of did. He's 30 fantasy points, which isn't great, but he was running back 31 when he went down. Not what we wanted, but again, look at what's happened since and look at the pass catches. Look at the receptions. It's a lot of fantasy points in Denver. I This is why I will go to the great. I'm going to go down with the ship. Now, am I starting any of these guys? No, but what did we learn this week, ladies and gentlemen? 
we learned that we thought we had a great one. We thought we had a game. We had a league-winning player, Devon A. Chan. Gone. Real good find, consistent performer, James Conner every single week. Gone. We are learning these things as we go. Gone, gone, gone. Thought Zach Moss was the answer to your problems. Gone. Right? We thought that was going to happen. Thought Jalen Warren was going to take over. Gone. Thought Jamal Williams may do something. Gone. Saquon Barkley. Gone. So on and so on. Khalil Herbert. Gone. Also lost him this week. Right? Austin Eckler. Amazing first week. Finally back. Gone. Nick Chubb. Gone. Aaron Jones. Fucking who knows where the fuck that motherfucker is. Gone. Josh Jacobs thought we had somebody gone. I mean, he's there, but he's kind of there, but he's still not producing. Dalvin Cook, gone. Doesn't doesn't even exist in the world anymore. Cam Akers, some of you drafted him, gone. Then you thought you got a rebirth of him traded to the Vikings, gone. Kenneth Gainwell, how many of you touted him after first week? Gone. Doesn't exist. J.K. Dobbins, how many are gone? Do you see it yet? Najee Harris, gone. Raheem Mostert for the injury to the HN, gone. It, what? The modern running back, you need guys that can give you two, three, four weeks. That's what we need. We're going to piece this. It's a puzzle. Bench the guys now, let things sort out, move them up as necessary. That's the modern way to handle the running backs. Denver, number six. Number seventh in fantasy points scored out of the backfield. Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills at seven, 115.6 points for them. James Cook. By the way, James Cook, what a great spot against the Giants this week. James Cook going to cook. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles, no surprise at eight. Although, I mean, th- remember, this doesn't count quarterbacks, so... But DeAndre Swift is uh, is Gainwell had that monster week one, and then DeAndre Swift has done absolutely nothing except for produce every single week since. And you know DeAndre Swift is running back nine. How many people cut him after one week? I know you did. I know some people did because I saw the screenshots. I pay attention. Right. Eagles, number eight, Jacksonville, number nine, and eh, a little misguided because of what a monster game Travis Etienne had this past week. I mean, he just went absolutely ham, and, you know, you get one week of that, it skews things a little bit. But listen, Etienne's been been very solid, had a great week one, had a monster week five. In the middle, six, 17, 10 points, eh. We'll live with 17, six and 10. No, not so much, but we could forgive him because of those monster other weeks that he's had running back four. And then the 10th best is one of the um, teams that most of the points come from one guy. And that's the Dallas Cowboys. They have 111 fantasy points. 74.6 of them coming from Tony Pollard by himself. So those are your top 10. Now, what about, and by the way, the, this metric, these numbers are a part 
of my secret sauce for the running back grid over at fantasyguru.com. All right, exclusively there. It's not found anywhere else. You want to know who the backup to Connor was? I had it the whole time. I've, oh, I got, I, we keep up to date on this. We don't drop the ball on anything. Okay. Who are the worst? The least points? Tampa Bay, duh. Chad White has had one decent game. Garbage. 31st, second worst is the Chargers. Skewed, of course, because of Austin Eckler. But I got to tell you, Austin Eckler had a great week one. But we're starting to, I hope at this point we recognize that even if Austin Eckler was healthy, he was not going to do well against the Titans, the Vikings, and possibly even the Raiders. He would have been better than Josh Kelly, of course. But not that good, right? He's got a good one against Cowboys, Chiefs, Bears. He's got some good... Eckler's going to have a bunch of good matchups, and then it gets tougher later in the season. Ravens, Patriots, Raiders, Bills. But he does have two games against the Broncos, including championship week. So, mm. I may have to eat the crow on Austin Eckler. Green Bay Packers, third fewest points. Aaron Jones had a 30-point week one and hasn't been heard from since. A.J. Dillon did all right, thankfully, uh, Monday Night Football against the Raiders, but still third fewest. Cincinnati Bengals, that one's very surprising. Offense has been struggling, but Joe Joe Mixon um, hasn't got to go. You know, Joe Mixon, we used him as a core four last week in daily fantasy, and he was okay. He was solid. He was good, but it's only 17th. Not hurt. He's got a ton of carries, 84 carries, 328 yards, under four yards a carry, only one touchdown that hurts. 13 receptions helps, but he's running back 17 right now. I think that will get better as the Bengals' offense gets better, but Houston at 28, dog shit the first couple weeks, starting to come on now. We're starting to see Damian Pierce. This is, you know, Damian Pierce is going to be an asset here. You know, week one, didn't get the full assortment. Week two, ho-hum. Now he's starting to hit his stride. Now he's getting a little bit. Who knows how long it'll last, but there's good matchups. Not this week. (laughs) This week against Saints is a bad one. But they have the fifth fewest fantasy points. New England at sixth fewest fantasy points. Ramondre Stevenson has done nothing. He's not getting the receptions that we want. We knew Zeke would steal some early down work, but it's really concerning to me that Ramondre Stevenson isn't getting more passing down work, right? 18 targets, 12 receptions on the season seems okay when you, but when you spread it over five games, like "Eh, not so much. And when you realize, oh, six of those receptions came in week one, yeah, all six of his targets, and he's got six receptions since that time, uh, that's a big problem. That's a problem. So New England, uh, sixth most. Carolina, Las Vegas Raiders, which is unbelievable. The Raiders paying Josh Jacobs this year a lot of money, and you have to be in camp. That's another thing we always got to pay attention. Last year, he was fighting for a contract. He was in camp early. He was in great shape. He just hasn't been there. The Giants, no Saquon, no uh, production. Um, Ninth fewest points. And then the Arizona Cardinals were 10th on this list. Even despite James Conner having produced very well going into last week. He still was uh, 
still the 10th fewest fantasy points amongst running backs this season. So there you go. And if we go further with this, which we should, is what's the split? So what that's important, right? Why is that important, Jeff? Because we need systems that produce fantasy points. We need targets, receptions, receiving yards, rush attempts, rushing yards, yards per carry. We need Then we need the running backs to be able to make yards after contact, miss tackles, break tackles. We need them to have breakaway runs. We need them to have a larger depth per target. All of these factors go into the final piece of the pie, the final number, which is the only number, the most important number to all of us, and that's fantasy points. All right? So then... We, so we need that. That has to happen. If the team isn't producing, who gives a shit about the rest? Second part, how is how are the fantasy points being divided? What piece of the pie are they getting? So this is a, a whole nother issue. Because, for instance, so the ideal situation is basically what, uh, I guess, what the Detroit Lions are doing where you have David Montgomery, who, you know, they're third in overall points. David Montgomery has 65% of those points. You know, all right, those are, that's a great type of setup. San Francisco 49ers, that's ideal. Second most fantasy points, Christian McCaffrey is 80.7% of the fantasy points. That's fucking amazing. Now that's fantastic. But here's the here's the thing though. Miami, all right, Miami has the most fantasy points by a mile. But what percent of the production do you think? Well, Devon A chain had the most fantasy points right now going into week six. Only 47%. That's seventh fewest of all the running back ones in the league. 45% is from Mostert. So again, if you have a crazy high volume, you can live. With a division like that, 40%, 50%, you could live with that. Or the lower the point total, you need a higher percentage of those points. So running back ones, the highest percentages, 90.6. That's a great, that's the highest number in eight years of charting this I've ever done through this point. LA Rams, Kyron fucking Williams. Kyron motherfucking Williams is the highest of anybody. Kyron's not impressive. He's averaging the same yards per carry as Joe Mixon on nearly the same amount of touches, right? 13 catches, but he has six touchdowns. Hmm? Get all those touches, you get those touchdowns. The Rams overall have the 14th most fantasy points. So when you get that split, there you go. Kyron Williams is a hell of valuable asset and there's nobody else. Ronnie rivers ain't pushing him. So when you ask what pushes the player up my radar, down my radar, as far as value, actual real tangible value, that my friends is an immensely valuable asset and why you're going to notice Kyron Williams could be higher on my board than he is anywhere else. Okay. So um, he's first, second on this list is uh, it's actually this one again. This is why we dig into it. It's the Indianapolis Colts. It's Zach Moss, eighty-seven point seven two percent. But 
you got what $30 million Jonathan Taylor, who's now taken over. So, but that's good because it that volume is going to go to Taylor. So that's the thing you need to see and why Jonathan Taylor's value is going to be super high for me. Other folks are going to be fooled because of it all Zach Moss, because you're not attaching, you're attaching the production to the player and not to the backfield. And the same with the percentages. That's the problem. See, it's just a way of viewing things that could change everything. Now the Bengals are third. Joe Mixon, 87.4% of the volume or of the fantasy points, but they're 29th, fourth fewest points, as I mentioned. So that's not sucking. But when they produce, Joe Mixon is a tangible, very good asset. Fourth highest, Tampa Bay, 85.08. Rashad White. Okay. This one, they're you would look at Tampa Bay and we're like, I don't think there's going to be more. They're dead last fantasy point scored amongst running back. So having a super high share of those points doesn't mean a goddamn thing because he, it's a bunch of shit. Having the biggest scoop of shit is still shit. Fifth in this one, Jacksonville Jaguars, Travis Etienne. Ninth most fantasy points overall, and he has the fifth highest share of it. Bingo, boingo. Sixth, Josh Jacobs, Las Vegas Raiders, 82.29 will be great. That's the toughest one there is for me because the Raiders grayed out very well run blocking, a huge portion to the running back one. There's nobody split in the backfield or carries or goal line with him. He is a strict Josh Jacobs problem. We know how talented he is. He's just not doing it, and it is a him problem, averaging 2.9 yards per carry. That's as bad as it gets in the National Football League. So they are number six, uh, seventh on this San Francisco 49ers, which again, 80.75. That's beautiful. The lowest percentage of uh, running back one share, at least. Dead last on this, the Baltimore Ravens, 37.41. It's a fucking mess. It's Gus Edwards. Like It's split. It's division. You got Lamar Jackson. Stay away from the Raiders. That's why I told Ever- or Ravens. Said it at the beginning of the season, man. Greg Roman's not there. Get the fuck out of Dodge. Second one is the Denver Broncos. There we go. Right? Denver Broncos. Highly divided. 38% for P. Ryan, 32% for McLaughlin, 28% for Javante Williams. Javante would have played those two other games. He This would be a different number. But it's very divided. It has to do with injuries on that one. Uh, New Orleans Saints, that one will change. They're uh, 42.43, third fewest points by the running back one, which already is Alvin Kamara after two games. Boy, that's wild. Fourth most LA Chargers, 43.93. Uh, that's barely Josh Kelly over one game of Eckler. We know that's going to change. Green Bay Packers, 44% have the fifth fewest production from running back one. I mean, it's crazy to me that Aaron Jones is still the running back one. He's played one and kind of a half of a game, even though he didn't play half that game. So again, and then, you know, you divide it on uh, the highest percentage of running back twos and threes and the 40 percentile, and you see which backfields are most useful. Hopefully that clears some stuff up. Hopefully that makes sense to you and kind of guides you in the right direction as it pertains to your running back usages, your starts, your sits, your backfields uh, that you are invested in in fantasy football. 
All right, let's talk about week number six, the best matchups on the board. Remember, folks, I have a my ratings. I call them smash. I created them years ago. I've been working on them for, geez, 20 years now almost. And I came up with these long time ago. I've altered them through the years. I've always used it behind the scenes. Started presenting them to folks for our daily fantasy football uh, subscribers over at fantasyguru.com about three, four years ago. And now we are finally set to launch the full on onslaught of my offensive line ratings, defensive front ratings. Notice not the defensive line. It's about the front. This specifically has to do with stopping the run. All right. That's what it specifically has to do. It has Great ramifications in, in pass rush too, but pass rush is noisy. Getting to the quarterback, pressuring, hurries, right? Then then actually getting sacks, tackles for losses. Great, great stuff, but very erratic. And I don't deal with that. I need something that's quantitative, right? Something we could actually understand and that's why my defensive front metric and ratings are very good and are ready for your consumption at fantasyguru.com and then you know we put them together we create the trenches smash report the smash matchup report offensive line versus the defensive front who's ruling the day who's the biggest matchups this week, Dolphins versus Panthers have the highest I've ever seen in my fucking life. I've never seen it is 56.5. Oh, that's not true. There was uh the Browns a couple years ago was actually a, the highest I've ever seen is plus 68%. Because I, I have leveled this down. It's literally a percentage of advantage from zero to 100. All right. And it also goes into the negative, which really just means it's an advantage for the defensive line, right? But I, I, the way I did the formulas are from the offensive line standpoint, from the offensive standpoint, since we mostly are interested in that. So when you see a number in red or a negative number, because it goes to negative 102, that's just a plus on the defensive side. That's the way to think of it, okay? So these are available uh, should be available by the time you listen to this on our uh, fantasyguru.com data section. Data, NFL, and smash reports, matchup reports, offensive line, defensive line, and my coverage matchups. That's right. Finally, this the first year I'm actually rolling out my wide receiver ratings as well. I've always done coverages, and basically we all we do is attack the weaker coverages. I'm never going to tell you not to start old Jefferson when he's healthy or chase like so many idiots did this past week. I'm never going to do that because it does tough coverage. Shouldn't ever demean stud receivers, Tyree kill. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Like don't, don't get cute like that, but it can elevate those mid tier guys. And that's how I got like DeAndre Hopkins last week. The exact formulas I use. DeAndre Hopkins, Zay Flowers, these guys that really popped off and did well for me last week and for us last week, they were in the wide receiver coverage matchup charts. And again, that's exclusive to Fantasy Guru. This isn't, nobody else has this information. Nobody does what I do for these formulas, right? 
This isn't just who line up against who. Oh, this guy good, this guy bad. We used to live in the caveman days. We shouldn't live in there. I talk about route tree. I talk about coverage tree. I talk about types of coverage. I talk about sides of coverage. I talk about safeties and linebackers and cornerbacks. How it all comes together spits out the coverage rating. Then I attack within that coverage rating. The biggest detriment of that defense is what I rank is or will have the biggest advantage in the wide receiver coverage matchups. And then the wide receiver that benefits most. That's the way I do it. And that's exclusive. And nobody else does that. Nobody else. It, no, it doesn't exist. So uh, I would go get it. Right. Get it. Get our, uh, get that data that nobody else has uh, in the world, folks. And it's only at fantasyguru.com. Support at fantasyguru.com if you want to know more about it. So uh, Dolphins, Bills, Vikings, top three best, best trench matchups, best passing matchups, the Ravens versus the Titans. Lamar's going to have to throw the ball better, and the Ravens receiver's going to have to catch the ball better. Chiefs versus the Broncos Thursday night football, and then the Rams versus the Cardinals on Sunday afternoon. Those are your best passing matchups of the week. Again, find them all at fantasyguru.com. My survivor picks this week, still alive, man. That circuit contest, $9 million to the winner, and uh, your boy's got a couple entries still live here. So our entire group at fantasyguru.com, it's pretty exciting at this point. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm just really excited about it, and I hope we can keep this ball rolling and uh, don't get kicked out anytime soon. But uh, over half the field, I think 80% of the field's gone already. And uh, so shit is starting to get real on that. My team this week is the Miami Dolphins. I feel it's a no-brainer on that regard as well. So I think Miami's good to go. If you've already used Miami, backup team would be Buffalo. Oh, you already used Buffalo? Holy shit. Okay, well, if you need a sneakier one, I'll go the Rams. No James Conner, Arizona, Josh Dobbs. They're starting to get film on him. You know, we saw him finally turn the ball over. He's not terrible, but he is terrible. And the Rams aren't great, but they're okay. And they're better at home. And they got Cooper Cup back. So if you need a third option and you need somebody a little more sneaky peaky, then the Rams would be the choice. Let's go to my bet of the week. I won this one last weekend. And uh, on the, oh, no, I didn't. I did not win this because I did Thursday Night Football last week. Did I win? Had the Bears. No, Roshan did not get motherfucker. No, he got a fucking concussion on his third carry of the game. Right? So, um, all right, I'll do Thursday Night Football, though, again, because I think that's the best way to go. This one, I got Thursday Night Football under wraps. Now, I just want the people that are subscribers to fantasyguru.com, I want you to know this is not going to be the bet on the site because I'm likely going to chop it up. I'm going to give the bet now that people could put in. It'll, it'll still win, let's be honest. But I'm I'm not going to make – I'm going to chop this up most likely, meaning I'm going to separate – because I'm going to give a three-way single-game parlay 
just to give these podcast listeners some uh, improved odds. I'll likely just do the total, the alt line and the total like I always do, and then move out the player props. So just an FYI to the subscribers over there. Chiefs minus six and a half on the alt line. Denver, Kansas City going under 56 and a half. It's a high total already. The Chiefs offense isn't right. It just isn't. And I know they can lay wood to the Broncos, but the Broncos will score. There will be 46 to 52 points in this game probably. But 56 and a half, I'm pretty confident of being under. And then Kelsey, 40-plus receiving yards. That's plus 150 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The reason I like Kelsey, Kelsey is going to beat the shit out of Broncos. Broncos are the worst defense against tight ends this season, and they haven't given up necessarily the most points. At least I don't think so. Uh, As of now, they have not given up the most points, but by the end of the year, they will. They're fourth most fantasy points against, but uh, trust me, they will get there and it'll likely be after this week, right? So uh, they're just terrible. Vance Joseph's defense have always been terrible. Same analysis I used to pull Cole Komet a couple weeks ago. Tyler Conklin was in my cash game breakdown at fantasyguru.com as well. Last week, he did well. So, uh, and Kelsey is trucking Kelsey. So 40 yards is a no-brainer. We'll see if Taylor shows up for the game in Kansas City or not. That's going to do it. Folks, episode 177. How in the world have I already recorded 177 episodes of this podcast? Well, it's thanks to each and every one of you who support the work and listen to it and deal with handle me and my rants and rampages and all the non-sports stuff that I talk about. I do appreciate each and every one of you coming out. Thank you for liking and favoriting and subscribing. Uh, it's important. That stuff is big in the podcast world, ladies and gentlemen. So episode 177 is in the books. Thank you to you listening. Thank you to my producer, Sean Engel, who always does a tremendous job, making me sound a lot better and smooth, silky smooth, a lot smoother than I actually am. If you can believe that. So that is it for this folks have best of luck in week number six. Let's go make it another trifecta. Let's go get those dubs. Well, you may disagree with some or every dang thing you heard on today's show. And folks, that's perfectly all right by me because just one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces.